Hey guys, hello and welcome to another episode of Synergy Sports Performance Podcast, Bent But Not Broken. Uh, we are super excited today. Uh, we have a very, very special guest that's coming on um, by the name of James Morgan. James has been a part of our program since a young kid, uh, recently graduated from FIU University down in Florida, and uh just so proud of the things that James has done. I think it's a, a great testament to local athletes uh, about what kind of living your dream is like, uh, never being down and out, always working hard to achieve what you get. And some exciting news this week, James has just been invited to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis this upcoming month. So we want to say congratulations to James and welcome him to the show. Thanks, James, so much for being with us. James, so good to have you. How are we doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Scotty. You bet, you bet. So I'm guessing uh, we find you right now at kind of a busy time, I'm guessing. Yes, that's, <laughs> uh, that's accurate, for so, sure. <laughs> a, a little bit of exciting news that kind of happened for you over the past week. Um, it's probably uh, probably best that we start with some of the biggest stuff, huh? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, recently this past week, just got your uh, invite to the Indianapolis Combine. Can you tell us a little bit about how all that went down and... Um, how you got the news and all that kind of good stuff? Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I got an email about it and, uh, you know, when the email pops up in your phone or whatever, you get a message that says NFL combine. So obviously, you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. And I looked at it and I was, I saw it was an invite and said, you know, congratulations, you're invited to the combine and all this stuff. And I was extremely excited. You know, I called my dad right away and, um, just was, you know, obviously very pumped and just excited for a great opportunity to showcase myself against a great competition. Awesome. And for those that, you know, really don't understand the, the relationship between you and I, we, we've known each other now for a number of years, known your family, uh, growing up here in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, as they all like to say of the shadows of Lambeau Field, I guess, if you will. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Um, yep. What, what kind of message do you think uh, for you reaching this point sends to some of the kids back home here? Or are you even maybe not even aware of the impact that you've had on some of the younger kids around here? That's a good question. I think um, probably what's what's coolest for me is that you're starting to see more and more guys from you know our area uh, who are getting these D1 scholarships and who you know Alec Ingold, Max Sharping, we talked about, yep. um, are making it to the NFL. And I think that's really cool because a lot of times I think there's like a stigmatism with um, Wisconsin athletes, especially for football. I mean, I don't know about other sports, but. Uh, for football that, you know, they're oftentimes overlooked because the football isn't seen as very good. And to be able to be among some athletes who are maybe changing that um, stereotype a little bit feels really cool because I know for a fact there's a lot of really good players in Wisconsin who maybe are overlooked because, for instance, we can't have spring football because it's too cold. Or, right. you know, it's like they say the competition isn't as good in Wisconsin as it is in other states. So, um, really cool. I think that more and more guys are starting to do that and just to be able to build towards that, um, you know, change, change the perception is really cool for me. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. We definitely talk about that. We don't have these big seven on seven leagues that run up here all, all the time and all year round. So how do we get people to see guys like you? So James, right. for you, I mean, you know, I was kind of with you through some of this through the recruiting process. I mean, and I know you weren't recruited to some of the biggest schools in the country at the time. I mean, right. in fact, Honestly, even some of our local schools in the area just didn't really give you the attention that I felt you deserved at the time. Um, you know, so some people are going to look at that as, hey, this is a setback. What do I do? Um, you just didn't really do that. You just kind of kept your nose to the grindstone and kept pushing. Um, 
what was what was that experience like for you as you're trying to find that home? Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, it was a deal where you know it was the best situation for me was coming out of high school was Bowling Green, and you know did I want to get higher offers and did I think that I could compete at that level? Absolutely, um, but you know I think it's it's important to find the right situation for you. So. You know, I, I potentially could have gone to a different school as a walk-on or could have gone somewhere else where, you know, I might not been, have been the guy who could have competed for a spot. And a lot of kids do that and a lot of kids find success at that. But I felt for me personally to excel and get where I wanted to go, I wanted to go to a situation where, you know, I knew that there was coaches who had belief in me, uh, a system that could complement me, and then, um, you know, just, just a good atmosphere instead of one where I was kind of an afterthought. So that's kind of what played into the decision and I know that kind of like you said my dad it's installed in me like you know a very um you know hard work mentality it's not like you know whatever comes up we're going to make the best of what we got that's kind of how I viewed it and you know just like you said just grinding and synergy and everywhere and uh, getting ready to go. Yeah. And definitely, don't you think that as you look to pursue some of these NFL dreams, that, that same type of stuff could come into play yes. again? You're not always going to be, you know, the Joe Burrows who's going to be the number one pick in the draft, let's be honest. So there's going to be some naysayers out there that are going to question what you do. Um, so you could very well go through some of that same cycle again. So do you think that going through that at a young age has kind of helped mentally toughen you for what's what's coming forward next as well? Absolutely. I think there's been, um, you know, numerous times in my life, you know, so my situation, I know we, we know it obviously, but yeah. you know, for everybody. Um, so went to Bowling Green, like we just talked about, didn't get offered by a lot of, you know, uh, power five schools. And so that was definitely a chip on my shoulder and built some resilience in me because like we just talked about, I had the confidence in myself to go to those schools, but they just never came. So it was a deal where I was trying to prove something wrong, prove people wrong every time I touched the field. And then when I got to Bowling Green, uh, the coaches that I had ended up leaving and going to Syracuse because they did so well my retro freshman year. So now I was with some other coaches, ended up not being a fit, and then I kind of found myself in the same situation where I was kind of on my own. I needed to, you know, I felt like I wanted to grow as a player and um, change schools, and it was a deal where I had to believe in myself and, you know, kind of fight through some adversity with that. And I think that um, a big reason why I was able to do that was because of, you know, just like you said, being able to have, have to do it at a young age and then being able to do it again, you kind of learn, you know, how to adapt, how to move on, and especially how to believe in yourself in spite of whatever circumstances you may find yourself in. Sure. James, um, would you say some of that, I mean, where does some of that stuff that has been instilled into you, where does that come from, that kind of not quit and let's just roll with the punches and we're going to put forth 100, 100% effort, 100 miles an hour, and we're going to be smart about it. Where does some of that come? Do you you know, attribute that to anybody or is that just kind yeah, of self taught Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, it would just be a, a deal where, um, maybe early on, you know, like coming up in middle school or something like that, I would be kind of lazy. I wouldn't want to go out. My dad would be like, come on, we're going out, we're going out and throwing. And eventually we do that enough times and it starts to, you know, grow and develop in you because obviously, you know, I had the dream since a young age to play in the NFL, to play D one. Um, but then my dad was the one who really taught me the work ethic that has to match it to be able to, do that you know yeah. you can talk about things and then you can actually you know put forth work and practical effort to to do them right yeah and i think that was kind of where my dad you know stepped in and kind of instilled that in me uh from a young age just making me go out and do it and then eventually it was a deal where i kind of took that upon my own mantle and that's kind of who i was too right so when we've got young kids out there that have parents that are trying to help 
let them help. <laughs> they're, <laughs> right. they're not always trying to meddle. They do have your best interests right. in mind a lot of the time. So I, I agree. I think it's crazy how hindsight is so different, you know, just kind of being able to, um, you know, you, you, as a kid, you're growing up and it's like, man, this sucks. Like my dad's pushing me so hard and, um, whatever, you know, this is, I don't want to do this every day and why am I doing this? But now I look back on that at, at this point and I'm so thankful that we were able to do that, even though sure. it did suck sometimes because, right. you know, like we just talked about, now I'm able to do it on my own. I don't need yeah. my dad because I, he, he I don't, I, I, I don't need him waking me up and pulling the covers off my bed at 5 a.m. Right. Right yeah. now I'm taking the incentive to do that, but I'm so thankful he did that, even though it did, you know, <laughs> really suck sometimes. Right. What do you think that for your parents, what do you think that their thought process on this, what What do you think they're feeling right now? I mean, I think they're very proud. They, they tell me that a lot. I'm very thankful. You know, they've been supportive of me throughout my entire college career, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I know my dad's very proud of me, but it's, it's still, he's still that presence for me. You know, sure. it's, it's a testament to him where he's like, there's anything I can do to help you out, you know, um, reads, uh, technique, whatever, send it, send it your way. So, um, you know, I know that, uh, he's proud of me, but he's still helping me. And I think kind of like we talked about, it's, it's a difference in roles now. Now he's not the one who's, you know, pushing me every day to do it. Now I've taken that incentive and now I'm reaching out to him, you know, Hey, can you just take a look at this technique real quick? You know, I filmed some of it and you let me know what you think. You know, and I'm very thankful that he's a resource for that and for both of them for being so supportive. Yeah, it's kind of an amazing thing that no matter where you end up, how far away you're at, what team you're on, you know that you're always going to have that one solid coach into your corner that yes. will always do that stuff for you. Coaches are going to yeah, come and go and change, but that one will always be there for you. Yes, 100% agree. Yes. <laughs> uh, James, talk just a little bit about, like, what you know, we hear guys coming out of school early all the time as juniors yeah. and the, the whole college experience and all that type of stuff. So yeah. for our kids out there that are, you know, wanting to try to follow in your shoes and play college sports of some sort, doesn't even have to be football, but whatever it may be, what is that, what did that college experience mean to you? So kind of trying to touch on at different points, starting with, you know, going early. So for me, I actually, um, I had the opportunity to go early, you know, in spring, graduate early and come down. And uh, I decided not to. And I'm actually really thankful that I did that because um, I was able to do track. So, so my senior year, kind of just going through it. So my junior year, yeah. I just played football in high school. And then my senior season, I was like, okay, you know, I want to really, you know, do as much as I can experience this in my last year. So I did basketball, football, and then track. And then I'm, I'm very thankful I didn't graduate early because I was able to do track. And it was really incredible um, because we actually won the 4 by 4 You know, I know you know this. And yep. worked with Bill a lot. Yeah, Absolutely. So that was, that was an awesome experience for me. So I'm very thankful that I ended up not going early. But um, I'd say in general, you know, the college experience, probably the um, the biggest thing for me, the, the biggest adjustment is it's just, um, you know, obviously you're not with your parents anymore, right? Yeah. It's, yep. it's, you got to do your own laundry now. <laughs> exactly, right. You got to clean your room, you got to do everything. Um, but it's, it's you're in control of it. So the decisions that you make now, you know, directly correlate on, you know, your life, which is very, very interesting. I felt much more in the driver's seat in, in regards with that. And sometimes that would be a, you know, a, a difficult learning curve because I would, you know, whatever, stay up till 2 a.m. playing video games. And then the next day, you know, we had practice and I was exhausted. And I'm like, okay, I need to make some conscious decisions not to, uh, you know, do this or to budget my time. But I had to learn that kind of on my own when I was there because I didn't have, you know, my dad down my back, you know, saying whatever, yeah. uh, you know, do this. So, 
um, I think that that was probably one of the coolest things about college, and uh, especially for me going from Ohio to um, Miami, there's definitely a difference in culture there. And so it's been really cool to be able to meet a lot of different types of people and how they live their lifestyles and all that stuff. And um, just been a great experience for yeah. me, for sure. Florida, for sure, is not the Midwest. So <laughs> I'm glad you kind of yeah. talked about that changeover from, from Ohio to Miami. Um, can you just explain a little bit in there when, when that time for you had kind of come to pass um, in Ohio and you were getting ready to think about where to go from there? Was there ever any point in time in your mind where you said, you know what, maybe I'm just done. Maybe this is over. Maybe this is the way it's meant to be, and I, I'm not supposed to do this anymore. You know, that's that's really interesting because um, I feel like in that position, it's so easy for those thoughts to kind of creep into your head, right? And for me, it was like a deal where I just would not let that happen. Like I, You know, just like we talked about, I had been in a deal where I had gotten offered by big schools, and I had to go show my stuff at whatever you know, platform that I was allowed to do that. Right. And it was kind of the same thing. It was like, you know what? Um, I really believe I can do this. I had this dream since I was a little kid. I am not going to give up. I'm going to give it everything I have. And I know, I, I literally, I know that I can do this. I'm going to make it work. Um, and was it like easy all the time? Definitely not. I mean, there was a lot of days where it was like, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure where I was going to find. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But I think, you know, because of my dad, because of all his background stuff we just talked about, yeah. I had that belief in me that, you know, I'm going to find the situation. I'm going to be able to do it because I trust myself. I'm going to work my butt off till I get there, um, and this is going to work out for me somehow. And so I'm, I'm really happy I did because I think it would have been very easy, like you said, to just kind of think, like, you know, maybe this is it for me. But I yeah. just kind of never allowed myself to think that um, and kind of rested on my belief in myself. Just that continual pursuit of something that you love. And, I, and I'm, gra- I'm glad you said that because that's one of the reasons that I titled the podcast Bent Not Broken because um, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to find a way to bring this up into every podcast that no matter who we interview, um, what sport they're in, what career in sports they choose, there's going to be a coming point in time through that journey that I think the sport that they're in or this field is going to kind of really bend you, right? And how much and how much can we bend and not break? And I think the great ones don't break and they just keep going. We're going to have our little chinks in the armor along the way here and there, but um, you know, we're going to keep our nose to the grindstone and keep moving forward to pursue those dreams that we love. So I'm I'm glad that you said that. Now, when you got down to Miami, obviously you're you're now you're now the old guy, if you will. <laughs> yeah, so yep. what what was that experience like kind of being involved with a new team, somewhat of a new system, new head coach, obviously new culture for sure because right, Miami is right. different than the Midwest. So <laughs> yep. explain some of those changes for us. Sure. So one of the reasons, uh, one of the main reasons why I chose FIU was just because of the team and kind of the family atmosphere that I felt from the team. So uh, probably like I think 2016, um, FIU was not very good. You know, there was a coaching change in 2017. Coach Davis came in, first year, 8-5. and five. And, you know, at Bowling Green, we had struggled as well. But I was looking for a place where that culture was kind of, you know, I could kind of feel it. And that's really what happened when I went to FIU, just interacting with players, coaches, just kind of the feel around, you know, the facility, the stadium, everything. Yeah. It just, you know, you could sense there was like a culture that was being built in the air. So um, that was probably really cool and they made it a lot easier for me just because of how tight knit everybody was to kind of come in. I felt very welcomed. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I wanted to do when I got there was to earn respect. I think as, as a leader, you know, you need to um, demonstrate and show 
to your teammates, you're willing to put everything out there for your team before you're able to kind of direct them around. You know, I don't think that it's fair for a guy who um, is new to the program to come in and just start barking out orders because how right. are guys going to give you any respect if they haven't seen you put in the work, right. you know, to be able to do that. So that was one of the biggest things I tried to do, just coming in, just, you know, working as hard as I could. Um, and I really, I mean, I'm very thankful that I went that I went to FIU. I think the family atmosphere was awesome. Uh, other reasons, kind of like you touched on, um, the offense uh, gave a lot more control to the quarterback. So at Bowling Green, it was more of an air raid system where uh, it's nice because as a quarterback with a big arm, you can spread around the field, but it's more of like run and gun football. Like there's not as, you know, I don't want to say there's not as much like, yeah, kind of. There's not much detail. It's kind of like sure. you just have great athletes, you know, great quarterbacks, spread around, get, get on the ball in space, let them do their thing. Fast pace, it's going to move. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then coming into FIU, it's more of like a pro style where it's like, okay, now I'm in charge of the protections. Now we have, you know, hots. I know my blocking. I know my read progressions very well. You know, if this happens, this happens. And as a detail oriented guy who loves to study the game, that's what really stood out for me. Yep. And then. With FIU, too, then the coach had a very good grasp of the offense. Coach Skrasky had been the system for 30 years. And then, obviously, Coach Davis, just someone who I completely wanted to play for, you know, a proven winner at, like, every level. Yep. Um, awesome. And I'm so thankful I was able to be with him for the last two years. But that was definitely cool. Uh, lastly, culture aspect of it. Um, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, it's just a lot different, a lot more diverse. And um, like I said before, that was something that was really cool because it's just kind of like you interact with these people and, you know, they didn't grow up the same way that you grew up. And you start to, you know, figure out things about who they are as a person, who you are as a person because of the different experiences that you, you know, right. you did. And it's really cool, man. It was, it was well, awesome. I think probably the one of the, the biggest things, honestly, was the heat. Yeah. That was probably the biggest adjustment. Yeah, um, for sure. But that's that's like a selling point for me for scouts now is that, you know, I've done it in, in whatever temperature. You know, I've been in the absolutely the winter in Wisconsin. If, and, if you if you, if you have to suit up at uh, Meadowlands Stadium with a 20, 20 below wind sure. chill, um, you're prepared to do that for sure. Yes, sir. Exactly. Yep. So for for some of you that don't know, just I'm just going to rattle off a few of them because I'm I'm guessing most people don't have FIU records, um, mm-hmm. you know, pull up on their on their favorites on their browser. But uh, James <laughs> had the most passing touchdowns in a season at FIU with 26, um, highest pass efficiency in a season, uh, most touchdowns responsible in a season, uh, most completions in a bowl game, longest completion in a bowl game. Um, just, and those are just a few James. So, I mean, I, I just have to say from my relationship with you and watching you get to grow up, um, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a family member by you or of any kind. I'm not getting paid, paid by you of any kind, but, um, being what I do for a living, I am, I am very proud to see you where you're at and what you're going to do and continue from here. Thanks, um, I really appreciate that. Um, and one of the things for me just um, that I thought was really, really interesting was you getting to play in the Shrine game this year, um, yes. the East-West Shrine game, and being named the Pat Tillman Award winner. Um, as anyone's familiar with the military and especially football, they're, they're, they know the Pat Tillman story. Um, can you just explain a little bit um, what winning this award me- meant to you and, and the history behind it? Yeah, definitely. So... Um, I just kind of, in general, that's probably one of the coolest things about the Shrine game was, you know, I came there just to impress scouts, play football, to try to get like a job opportunity. And there were so many things, you know, outside of that, that were like bigger than football, which was so cool to me. Like we visited the Shriners hospital, uh, got to, you know, meet a lot of the kids there, very inspirational. And then the award, and that was a deal where in the morning, you know, we had whatever, we had a busy day and stuff like that. And I was not aware of 
you know, that there even was a Pat Tillman Award until uh, one of the directors came up to me in the morning, pulled me aside and said, hey, you've, uh, you know, been selected to win this award. We voted on it and we think that you're really deserving of it. It's the Pat Tillman Award. And uh, I had, you know, I visited Arizona State in high school and I kind of knew a little bit about Pat Tillman, but just looking it up uh, is absolutely incredible because, you know, all of us were there at that bowl game to, you know, to, to complete a dream of ours, right? To go to the NFL, to, yep. to impress scouts, to go to the NFL. And you look at a guy, Pat Tillman, literally had that. He had his dream. He had an NFL career, and he gave it up to protect our freedom and to go serve for our country. And that was just so incredible for me. And to, to have been named in an award that was based off of him was an absolute honor. And I just was, you know, like I said, it was something where I came in for football, and I just was absolutely blown away by it. Um, kind of the non-football aspects of it, and it was an extremely rewarding uh, experience for me, for sure. Yeah, it was so great to see that uh, presented to you. That was, that was awesome. I was I was really happy <laughs> to see that. Um, so as we kind of look now, we, we, you know, we've wrapped up that college career, I guess, if you will. Um, uh, do we have a set date, like, for the, the pro day at FIU? Yes, it's April 1st. April 1st, pro day down there. So as we're getting ready for that and the combine coming up um, – kind of ex- describe for our folks listening a little bit and all those young kids that don't see all the behind the scenes stuff that you've got to do now. They think you're just going to show up and sit at your parents' house and wait to get drafted. Um, right, right. <laughs> what, what is the day in the life right now for James Morgan look like? Okay. So right now, uh, I'm put up, uh, at a hotel in Tampa. Um, okay. and so I'm down here. Uh, so usually what'll happen is we have a, a first workout at nine in the morning. So I go over to a field and work on combine stuff, work on 40 stuff. Um, that's the first part. And then after that, I have a separate workout with a quarterback coach who's down here. Okay. Um, so I'll go, and sometimes I'll throw with the receivers who are associated with our group, and sometimes it'll just be him and I. Uh, and then we have another FAA quarterback, Alex Magoo, who's down here too, I'm working with as well. It's been great help to me. Um, but anyway, so we'll do that. Uh, and then following that, um, there's like a recovery um place that we go to okay uh, we go and like it's like you know like uh space boots or whatever i know we used to have those yeah, energy yeah. that was <laughs> no, norm uh, norm attack uh, or recovery pump type yes. things yep right 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 yep and then uh we'll do uh you know they'll stretch us out or i'll usually get my arm iced down and all that stuff um and then the afternoon uh when that's finished uh go back and then we have a lift uh in the afternoon um, and then usually that's about done by like probably like three, three thirty. So it's, you know, it's a good day's work. And then for me, you know, I, I always try to incorporate some extra stuff, um, in terms of, you know, just like something that I do every night is I, I do mirror drills yep. uh, and just kind of stand in front of the mirror and practice my form and <laughs> like throwing form and stuff yeah, like that. Absolutely. And now my 40s start too. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny kind of tracing back to what we were saying before, because, you know, my dad would always be like, you know, you should be doing this every night. And <laughs> I never I never really did it until I got to college. I'm like, you know what, I really want to make the NFL. So I'm going to start doing this every night. And uh, it's it's crazy how it paid off. So anyway, so then I try to incorporate, you know, some, some extra stuff like that or like, you know, core drills or, you know, just going out and working a little bit of starts, some extra. So, okay. um, you know, I just want to be as prepared as I can for the combine. And now do they have you that on like a five, six day a week type of a program? Yeah, so it's five days a week, uh, and it's segmented out. Like on uh, Wednesdays, there's like a hot yoga thing, and it's a little bit less like a recovery day. But yeah, um, yeah that's that's usually how it goes. And weekends are off, but I try to do you know you got like you've taught me this. Before, yeah. you got to moderate you know what you do, but you also try to incorporate you know as much as you can to get better. So right, kind of like a balance. As know? important as it is to work, there there is value to rest and resting at the right yes. time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yes, exactly. yep. And I think yep. sometimes our young kids today, we, we push that on a lot at them. And yeah. yes, it's good. It's, it's good to be busy, but at the same time, we have to know when to take the downtimes because the mental side of everything right now is so challenging and it will be for I you. Agree. Yes. Yep. And real quick, I think that's, that's a testament to why you do multiple sports sometimes because, you know, you look at some of these single sport, you know, programs have gotten so, you know, blown up where it's like right. all year round, you're doing the same thing. And I, I, you know, I love football. I do that all year round in sport now, but kind of growing up, like it'd be nice to kind of switch up and get a different perspective for at least a little bit of time, you know, where it's not, you know, you're right. not like drumming in this thing all year. I think that's a little bit like excessive maybe. Right. And, um, like you said, it's got to find a balance. Tournament after tournament after tournament gets to wear on kids and then there's no time to actually right. be, a, be a kid. Right, exactly, yep. yes. We sometimes we structure too many things and then we lose the creativity. James, as you're to this point now and you're starting to kind of like we talked about, you're starting to see some of the other guys locally from around here that that ended up getting into the NFL last year and have both, you know, both these guys had some really great seasons last year for being rookies. Um, What's your expectations of when you get there? Um, What are the expectations of yourself? Um, What do you hope for that to look like? So a goal for me is to be on a team come next season. And what I want to do with everything that I can is find a way to help organizations win. And I want to apply the work ethic that, you know, we just talked about instilled since a young kid um, to be able to do that and whatever capacity that's in, you know, I think you always compete, you know, you always want to compete for a spot when you're a quarterback, especially when you're on a team. So that's going to be, you know, my primary thing is I'm going to compete my tail off every day. Um, if I do get in a situation where, you know, I might be behind uh, an experienced veteran quarterback who, you know, is undoubtedly a starter, then I'm going to do everything in my power to, um, you know, help in whatever way I can. I think that I can apply um, my skills as a hard worker and my, you know, nose to grind, so I'm tell you, like you said, to be able to help in every capacity that I can and, you know, find a value for myself and a value for the organization where they need me because I'm so influential with the work that I'm putting in. Right. That's awesome. Now, James, again, kind of going back to your time growing up here, and we'll, we'll wrap you up here shortly, but um, what type of advice and things do you have for kids in our area that, that aren't quite to where you're at yet? But let's say, for example, maybe they're in their sophomore year of high school and they're just trying to figure out, what do I want to do? How do I get to this level? Is, are there any things that you can give them? Yeah, for sure. I, I'd say, you know, I'd say probably the biggest thing that I would tell them is that, um, it's, it's okay to not be ordinary. Um, and kind of what that means to me is like, if you're doing a lot of extra stuff and you're, you know, grinding as hard as you can, and a lot of people aren't doing that. And a lot of people like maybe give you crap for doing that. Like, why can't you come hang out? Yeah. I'm working out. That's okay. That's, that's going to pay off for you in the long run. You know, it's not something that's weird and you shouldn't feel out of place because you're doing that. Uh, I'd say, I'd say that's probably one. And then a second thing that I'd say probably with it is, don't stop believing in yourself. You know, we talked about how lo- like low Wisconsin is on some of these uh, college scouts radar. Right. Um, but with me, you know, it's, it was the same thing. And I, and I didn't, you know, like we talked about, I didn't get recruited to the biggest of schools. I, you know, was fortunate to make a D one, but not power five, but the road that I took was still not anything close to what I thought it would be. And as we mentioned before, I'm so happy that I did not give up when the going got tough. So, 
keep believing in yourself in spite of whatever happens, in spite of, you know, if you get a lot of interest, if you don't, because if you work hard enough, you know, you're going to be able to establish a name for yourself despite of what, you know, you might have got growing up. Like my dream, you know, let's be honest, my dream was to go to Wisconsin, go to the Packers. Uh, that didn't work out every, at all. Every, every Wisconsin high school kid's dream, right? Right, exactly, right. And that didn't work out at all. And to be honest, I'm very thankful that it ended up, the path that I was on is so curved and went like this because I think that I was put in situations that were better for me. And then when the going got tough, I was able to learn, you know, like we talked about, that resilience in myself and that belief. So if it doesn't work out exactly the way you want it to, if you're not getting enough interest right now, don't give up. Just keep believing in yourself because very easily, if you keep working hard, I mean, not easily, but it's it can happen where it'll change for you. And, you know, you'll look back and be thankful that you maybe didn't get what you exactly wanted because... It was the best for you in the long run. Well, and your, and your statement right there is, is, is at this point, just so you know, I'm going to remind you, is only half true because you, true. You, you've <laughs> only you've only not played or nor will you play for the Badgers, but there is right. still a number 12 that plays in Green Bay that <laughs> could be replaced by another 12. So that's yet to be determined. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I hope so. <laughs> but no, it, it's awesome, James, that you're still on that journey. Um, I love it. Um, as you know, we will we will be here to support you all through that journey, no matter where that journey ends. We will always be in your corner. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say as we kind of wrap this up to the people out there listening, to anyone special or teammates or anything uh, that you don't think we've covered that you'd like to get off your chest? Um, I don't think so. I think we kind of hit it pretty hard. And just okay. the same thing, just believe in yourself, whatever you can do. And, okay. Um, It'll, it'll work out for you. But I very much appreciate that, Scott. Yeah, you, know, you bet. I appreciate you always being in my corner. Really, you you yeah, bet. A lot. You bet. Thank you so much for being on with us. And I want everybody out there that's listening, be sure to tune into the NFL Combine and watch one of our Wisconsin locals, uh, James Morgan, as he competes at the Combine in Indianapolis. And then his pro day on April 1st. And then awaits to hear the word from the NFL draft. And uh, you will have Wisconsin behind you, my friend. That I promise you. Thanks again. Sure, and Thanks, appreciate you joining with us today. Guys, that was a great interview with our friend James Morgan here from Ashwaubenon High School in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and now recent graduate of FIU University in Florida, who is awaiting his day in the sun with the NFL and a dream of his since he was a little boy. Um, I can tell you this, he wears number 12 uh, and has worn number 12 for FIU. He's worn it through high school. And one of his favorite players growing up was Aaron Rodgers. So we will see where the next number 12 ends up for James Morgan in his career. James, thank you again so much for being with us on this episode of Bent But Not Broken. And we wish you nothing but the best, young man. And we look forward to talking to you next uh, when you have an NFL team jersey on. And that we look forward to. Thanks and have a great day, everyone.